Your History is a new podcast brought to you from The Times, and it brings together the real-life stories from our obituaries desk, which have been published for over a century. In this brand new show, we build on this legacy and explore the endlessly fascinating lives who have enriched and informed our own. Join me and our sponsor, Ancestry, as we journey through your history. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Hello, it's Manveen. Today's podcast is presented by my colleague Louise Callahan, foreign correspondent at the Sunday Times. For the past few weeks, Louise has been in Ukraine covering the war. And in today's episode, we go back to one moment early on in the invasion when she visited a children's hospital. And just a warning, some listeners may find this distressing. Over the last few weeks, we've watched in horror as more Ukrainians have been killed every day by Russian attacks. I've been on the ground for the last month, covering the war in Ukraine since the invasion started. I'm now back in Istanbul, in Turkey, where I'm based for the Sunday Times. Last Wednesday, when I was in a maternity hospital in the southern city of Mykolaiv, interviewing doctors and patients, another maternity hospital in a place called Mariupol was bombed. The Prime Minister Boris Johnson has condemned an apparent Russian airstrike on a children's hospital in the besieged Ukrainian city of Mariupol. Ukraine's president said that children are trapped under the rubble. Images of a pregnant woman being stretched through the rubble were on the front pages of newspapers around the world. On Monday, journalists in Mariupol said that she and her baby had been killed. It wasn't only the hospital in Mariupol that was hit. The World Health Organization says there have been at least 24 attacks on healthcare facilities and five on ambulances, killing at least a dozen people and injuring 34. It's because of this that in this episode, we're going back towards the start of the war, to one specific day, when I went to a children's hospital in Kyiv. Let's find a metro. So an air raid siren's just gone off. We're going to go try and find a shelter now. It was four days into Russia's invasion, February the 28th. I'd been based in the capital in the period leading to the outbreak of the war. 
So we were just leaving the train station when the sirens went off, so now we're driving back very quickly, trying to find a place to hide. You see people running all around it, but it's kind of unclear whether there's shelter is. I was with John, a photographer, and another colleague, heading to a children's hospital. We had to stop to find shelter. So we've gone underground here. It's kind of into an underpass from one side of the road to another near the station. There's no one else here, but we're just going to wait here for 10 minutes or so until the sirens stop. No, there are some people here. People have set up some beds. I think they've probably been living down here to try and um, avoid the shelling. We waited. At this point in the conflict, the streets were already filled with gunmen. And the only civilians you saw were queuing at food shops or ATMs or heading to the train station to escape. A lot of people were afraid. Each night had brought new bombardment and explosions raining down on the capital. This is Times Radio. First, with the very latest news, here's Rachel Jewell. Thanks, Chloe. Good morning. The Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, has told Boris Johnson the next 24 hours will be crucial. When the all-clear came, we moved on and arrived at the hospital. We'd picked up Max, a Ukrainian filmmaker, who would translate for me. Hi. Hello. Uh, no. <laughs> Not interested. Yeah, she's just shy. Aww. A day and a half before, right outside where we were now, Russian army vehicles had come hurtling towards Ukrainian forces, who in return fired automatic weapons at them. It was the beginning of a night of horror for patients and medical staff. Which of you is her mother? <laughs> How old is Polina? A year and eight. We were sitting in a makeshift shelter in the hospital, playing with baby Polina, who was 20 months old. She had diabetes, and of course, she was completely unaware of the danger she was in. In this episode, in a series of interviews, I'll introduce you to some of Ukraine's most vulnerable who should be in a safe haven getting medical help. Instead, they are being terrorised by Russian attacks. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Louise Callahan. Today, mothers and babies caught in conflict. I'd been in and out of Ukraine for a few weeks before the conflict began. Usually I'm based in Turkey and cover the Middle East, places like Iraq or Syria. I've reported on several different wars and conflicts before, and each one is unique. What really struck me about this conflict was how quick and how enormous the change was when it came. The night before the war began, people in Kyiv were telling me that it wasn't going to happen. They were unprepared. Yes, there has been a conflict in eastern Ukraine for the last eight years. But in places like Kyiv, everything seemed normal. Just like life in Paris or London or Manchester, people weren't scared to go out. Then, 
overnight, many Ukrainians had to learn to adapt to war, keeping the windows open so they didn't blow out in an explosion, stocking up on water and rice, learning to hear the difference between incoming and outgoing fire. As I record this podcast, it's been confirmed that 90 children have died in this invasion. That's why we're focusing on one specific day, to get a sense of how fragile that situation is. When I arrived at the children's hospital in Kyiv, most of the patients and their families were already in a damp concrete bunker. Is she usually hospitalized for diabetes or what did she get unusually sick? I've just met baby Polina's mother, Alona. I is this the debut. Hospitalization. We talk about Polina's diabetes. She's together with her mom, everyone around uh, loves her, entertains her. That's why it's not this good. Teaching my teaching mom how to inject uh, insulin, mm. how to count that. And does Polina get scared? She doesn't realize that much. Mm-hmm. She got entertained. The way it worked at the hospital was that the kids would stay at the shelter and be taken upstairs when it was deemed safe for their medical treatment. So are you in here all the time or do you go in and out of the ward? Sometimes in the daytime they get out to get some, to get some fresh air. When it's time, when there is, when there is a break between, fire, uh, between airstrike alarms, but once it, uh, the sirens shout again, they go down here. How many times a day have they been going off? Very often. And... Uh, She's so sweet. Uh, so you're gonna go. Um, so you're gonna go back to your house in Kiev after she feels better. Yeah. So when Alona understands and learns all the procedures, she she needs uh, she needs to perform now. So like insulin injection, sugar measuring, all the stuff uh, like the diet. Then they're back. Then they're back to their home. Yeah. I finished off by asking her where Polina's dad was. I know he isn't around. Do you get scared when you hear the sounds of the shooting and the bombs? Of course. Of course, because you don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, thank you so much. When I'm out reporting, I always record my interviews. When I listen back, I'll often find moments that wouldn't necessarily be captured if I would have just been taking notes. The audio from the kids' hospital that you're listening to was for an article I wrote in The Times. My name is uh, Sergei Chernyshuk. I'm medical director of uh, our clinic. Okay. Can you tell me what happened here? You mean in Kiev or around clinic? No, here, here, in the, here in the hospital. A day and a half before I went to the hospital, there had been a gunfight right outside. Part of the hospital was damaged. I was asking the medical director, Serhii Chernyshuk, about it. In hospital, we have situation so-so. But around hospital, it was a lot of battle around clinic, very close. Because of that, uh, in our uh, building, have some bullets shot in, in window. 
Bullets had come flying through the hospital windows. No patient in, in these rooms because all patients at the uh, moment was in, uh, in basement mm -hmm. because of uh, more safety. Thank God, yeah. Yes, but uh, anyway, no, it's not safety uh, uh, on the street because sometimes we need move between our campus and so it's a little bit dangerous sometimes. So was anyone injured or killed in this no, attack? No, nobody injured in, from our staff or patient, mm -hmm. but we receive uh, uh, adults and children who have injuries. They, but they were injured in that battle? Yes, yes. No. Serhi told me that a family of seven, four adults and three children, were trying to leave Kiev when their car was torn up by bullets. It's not clear who shot them. A 12-year-old boy was brought to the hospital and taken into intensive care with a bullet wound in his cheek and a shrapnel injury in his spine. His 13-year-old female cousin had also been shot. Her little brother and her uncle were killed. It was, Could have been anyone. It was bedtime. Yeah, and so the battle that was going on outside, I mean, was there... Could you hear it? I mean, from this... Yes, yeah. of course. One shot even shot me. Really? Because I meet car with water uh, uh, in our Varota. Uh, the gate. The Near gate. The gate. The, the gate. And entered. at this moment, through the street, moved uh, Russian forces in, in, in buses, yes. And our force tried to shut them from other side of the street, but no. You saw them? Yes. It was uh, maybe 5 p.m. As you can hear, I was pretty shocked. At this point, very few people in Kyiv had actually seen Russian soldiers. It's a bad moment to stay near the gate, you know. Yeah. No, it, you can see, but not make a picture. Of course, this yeah. is baby. Okay. Oh my God. So he's dead. He's dead. No, no. 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 It's yeah, yeah. a nice, oh, yes, injury of face. In a moment, we'll hear the story of an 11-year-old girl who had to travel almost 300 miles for her treatment. But first, a message from my colleague. I'm Anthony Lloyd, war correspondent for The Times. It's you who enables me to report from some of the most volatile environments in the world. Get to the heart of the stories that matter every day with The Times and Sunday Times. Subscribe today and enjoy one month free. Visit thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Your History is a new podcast brought to you from The Times, and it brings together the real-life stories from our obituaries desk, which have been published for over a century. In this brand new show, we build on this legacy and explore the endlessly fascinating lives who have enriched and informed our own. 
Join me and our sponsor, Ancestry, as we journey through your history. It's five o'clock. I'm John Pienaar. This is Times Radio Drive. The headlines as the Russian attack on Ukraine continues. Back to that Monday, the 28th of February, in the Children's Hospital in Kyiv. The UK is now advising against all travel to Russia and requested... Anyway, how are you guys doing? Are you from Kyiv? This is Tanya. Hi, Tanya. How are you This is Veronika. How old are you, Veronika? 11. 11, wow, okay. And why are you here? Yeah, so uh, they need treatment. They need treatment with the digestion mm-hmm. system, also with uh, some cardio mm-hmm. treatment. So as you can see, how the treatment is provided. Eleven-year-old Veronica and her mum Tanya Lemashenko, a striking redhead who wore perfectly applied dark red lipstick, were from the southern port city of Odessa. Veronica suffers from serious digestive and cardiac problems and has struggled to walk before which is why their doctors sent her to the capital for specialist treatment. But once they arrived here, Tanya is very grateful to the doctors because, like, you can see now, yeah. Veronica is able to stand up, run, she eats a lot. Yeah. Uh, they're saying, like, yeah, so oh, that's she great. smiles, yeah. So when, since when have you been in the shelter? Since it all started, they helped to settle this everything up. Mm-hmm. Yes, Veronica was also at the front line. She... Mm-hmm. Ah. So she, even Veronica comes upstairs to the kitchen and helps to uh, pour food in the oh, really? kitchen. Yeah, to add butter and salt everywhere. So she is an assistant cook, a front line cook assistant. Ah. There is a saying, like an Odessa saying, mm-hmm. further from the boss, closer to the kitchen. And then, yeah. I got you. And do you think you're going to stay here indefinitely, or are you planning in, uh, to go home? Uh, no. Yeah, so we can't stay here for So Tanya and Veronika uh, don't have a possibility to stop the treatment mm-hmm. because if they stop it all the results of, of those course, half yeah. a year they dissolve mm-hmm. so they have to stay here where they are and keep uh, the treatment i see i got you and what, what do you have there I show this. this is the distraction <laughs> to pass the time in the bunker tanya and veronica were working away with brushes and watercolors filling in a painting by numbers picture of an owl Veronica helps a bit, but yeah, it's really good. Uh, yeah. yeah, Veronica is afraid to spoil that, so it's mostly made by Tanya. Oh, it's yeah, really good. Yeah. I asked Tanya if she had any more children. Oh, uh, two more girls in Odessa. Okay, so who's looking after them? Grandma. Oh, wow, okay. Got you. And are they okay, the girls in Odessa? They're worried. 
Vater, they call Leitet from time Mama, to time. They're crying, Mom, please come, Mom, please come. But Mom, unfortunately, cannot come yet at the moment. Mm-hmm. And all of the kids and the moms down here, you all talk to each other, you all hang out. Вы вообще вот вместе с мамами, с детьми общаетесь, как у вас? So uh, of course they do communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. They support each other, trying to remain positive because uh, panic is the first enemy at war. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what do you think is going to happen? They don't know what's going to happen, but they just want it to be over. Yeah, absolutely. And does, um, do you get scared, Veronica? Hmm? Like that, sometimes. Yeah. And what do you do when you feel scared? What do you do when you feel scared? She hides under her mom's wing. <laughs> yeah, mom's always saying, you're a fighter, fighters don't panic, and she gets calm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. well, thank you so much. Спасибо. Good luck. Lisa. I left the hospital that day thinking about how unfair the whole thing was. These mothers had given up their lives, leaving the rest of their families behind to get the best possible treatment for their sick children. And now that was just being thrown away. Soon, medicines would run out, bombardment would intensify, treatment would be stalled. I thought about something that Dr. Seher had told me, about how they had no other choice than to be brave. This happens a lot in war zones. People step up and face dangers that in peacetime they never thought they would. They find reserves of courage to protect others around them. The people I spoke to are safe for now. I've been in contact with Dr. Serhir since then. He and the rest of the hospital staff are still working every day. But as Vladimir Putin's assault intensifies and hospitals, schools and maternity wards continue to be attacked, I just don't know how long they and the rest of Ukraine will have to keep fighting for. I've got a terrible feeling that it could be a very long time. I can only hope I'm wrong. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Louise Callahan, a foreign correspondent for The Sunday Times. The producer today was Will Rowe, the executive producer is Kate Ford, and sound design was by James Shield. If you want to find out how to help the people of Ukraine, there's a link in the description of this episode. Thanks for listening. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves 
without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.